Stories of Communism 44, Leaving the Nonsense Behind. Welcome to Stories of Communism, the podcast where we discuss what life is really like for those unfortunate enough to live under communist or socialist governments. Recording from the suburbs of Wichita, Kansas, this is Eric Seligman, your host. Today we have a guest episode, an abridged version of an interview recorded by GUC Sudo a few months ago with fellow immigrant Joe Sismazia. You may recall that GUC is the author of the entertaining memoir I Tried about growing up in communist Romania that we discussed in episodes 41 and 42. Joe contacted GUC after reading that memoir, as it stirred a lot of his own memories of his early life and escape from communist Hungary. Sudo ended up interviewing Joe on his YouTube channel, and has given us permission to share his interview in this podcast as well. Now let's go to the interview. Uh, my name is Jussi Schutte. I'm from Transylvania, Romania. I grew up there uh, during communism, and I'm here with my good, a good friend, Joe. Uh, we are here mostly to talk about his life, but just kind of an introduction. Um, I wrote a book about my life in, under communist Romania from 1972 to 1990, and this is the book I tried. And uh, Joe read the book, and he was, uh, it really stirred a lot of memories from his life, and he really wanted to talk to me about his life. So this, uh, this video I'm doing is about, not about me, it's about Joe. And with that, let's start, Joe. Go ahead. Another uh, interesting life, because I was born um, nine years before the Second World War started in Europe. Chopron is... So which year, which year were you born? 32? 1931. 31. And um, anyway, uh, the Second World War, for a young boy, and li living through, I hope nobody will be subjected to such an incredible tragedy, seeing people dropping left and right, destroying my lovely cities in area compartments, and I feel guilty, I felt guilty that how come I did not get killed. Hmm. The reason I'm mentioning it, because I was feel, felt guilty that I survived. Excuse me, did you have any friends or relatives who were lost in the war? My relatives, everybody, my relatives survived, including my own father, who we didn't know what happened to him after the war. Um, uh, he, he was captured by the Russians and ended up in Kuybyshev in, in Siberia and spent five years when they finally sent him home to Hungary. 96 pounds, man, no hair, no teeth, very nervous. Um, anyway, he died shortly after of his injuries. In the same time... Did he, did he tell you any stories about his uh, imprisonment in Siberia? Yes and no. Only thing he used to say which eventually President Reagan, Reagan used to say as well, it was an evil empire. Hmm. And um, it was not only subject, uh, Solzhenitsyn, who was a Russian hmm. officer, wrote down what happened hmm. in Siberia by the Russians. In the Gulag the, Yes, yes. And then um, what, what happened in the same time, I uh, was studying, luckily, because my mother 
living with my mother alone, with my brother, uh, a year younger than I am at that time. I was managed to finish in good grade in elementary school, so I was able to get into high school, which we call gymnasium. In Chopron? In Chopron. They um, at, uh, made a demonstration, and luckily the occupying uh, officer was a po uh, uh, an Italian general. Interestingly, Italy in the First World War was on the on the British side, and uh, he managed to left listening to the uh, uh, university students and on next Chopron back to Hungary. If you look at the map, Chopron is in a cul-de-sac. It's a protrusion. And it's called for that Civitas Fidelissima, which means in, it's a Latin word, uh, it means that a, a, a city of uh, fidelity, right? Or of a most fidel uh, city, because they wanted to stay in Hungary. The reason I mentioned that because later on it has some very important implications. Anyway, after the war, many people don't realize, but we had worse situation, particularly when surviving, than was during the war. Because in the war, at least we got some food, not much, but it was allowed by a, uh, a system of tickets, and then... Like rations. Yes. Right. But after the war, there was nothing. Mm -hmm. And during that time, we were gatherers, and we did things which I probably, at this point, don't even want to talk, because it's embarrassing, because I have to be become a, a thief and robber, mm. and I went into places which were bombed out and collected anything could be eaten or worn, worn or sell on the black market. Mm. There was no social security, so my mother, brother, and I, we lived on nothing. There was no income for years and years till 1948, hmm. when the communists completely took over the government. And by that time, as far as the uh, famine was concerned, uh, somewhat reduced, because they eventually um, they managed to distribute food, and I'm not... Uh, a party, where did, I, where did I get the food, but we got some potatoes, some flour, and um, eventually we did not die of hunger. You picture this in a day when you are 13, 14 years old boy, and the daily allotment for food was your half of your palm, very old bread. Right. Most of it is dust, sawdust yeah, in sawdust, it. Right. Okay? And my brother was so hungry, he ate the whole thing right away, and I kept it for lunch and dinner. And my brother used to say, Joe, could you just a little bit, a little bit? So I gave half of my 
already very small allotment <laughs> to my brother Eric. Anyway, I'm, I'm mentioning this because it sounds very uh, almost ridiculous, but at that time it was very important for me and for my brother just to survive. Right. Now, in the same time, he went to school, and during the time when uh, was still the war was raging on, we most of the school years we spent in the uh, in the basement, which was uh, built to be a protection against uh, uh, bombardments. Right, right. Shelter, bomb, bomb. shelter, yes. So um, we, our education was rather uh, spotty, and uh, when uh, finally I became 18 years old and finished uh, uh, high school, I had to go to a state exam, Eretsegi, right. we call it in, in Hungarian, and then. They didn't say, I couldn't say, said, look, sorry, I, I didn't learn that in math or whatever. If I couldn't answer the, uh, the properly, I failed. So I went through a very uh, intensive uh, self-taught and managed to pass the exam and eventually even managed to enter the university. You were 17 at the time? But that time I was... Uh, um, good enough to uh, enter the university and uh, I spent there four and a half years and graduated as a forestry engineer. Mm. Uh, forestry engineering in Hungary is uh, because we don't have too much forests. That's it's, it's civil engineering with forestry combinations. Mm -hmm. So I uh, recognized the trees, I learned some uh, uh, biology, some uh, or, or related subjects. How long was the college? How many years? Yeah, four and a half years, yes. Did you have to do military service or not? Well, we had military service on the summer times. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly, my brother also attended the same school, and then we both got the, um, uh, the, the order by the military uh, authorities to attend the summer camps. Mm -hmm. And then somehow they were confused that there is a Joseph Chismazia and then a Tibor Chismazia. And every time when they say Chismazia, and my brother says, okay, Yalem, uh, here, yeah, here, yeah. here, present, present. And, and then he said, oh, there is another Chismazia. No, no, we already said the one, what is enough? So I never, I never spent one day or hour in military <laughs> service. <laughs> My brother did it instead of me. Anyway, the reason I'm mentioning because uh, communism, they, they wrote down everything, tried to be very uh, uh, authentic, you know, everything according to the, the law of the communist laws. You also have to talk about your background as well. My mother's father died in the first day of First World War. Hmm. My father's father got into a prison and broke his hand. And how he got into prison? You may not know that, but Hungary also had a, uh, a communist government after the First World War. 
same thing what the Germans had uh, a Bolshevik uh, uh, revolution in München and the 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 uh, communists came to my grandfather's place who had a uh, smithery because he they didn't like the, war, uh, the, the the peasants because the peasants were glued to the land and then the communists never could break them away from the land possession but they had but they figured that a uh, a blacksmith is a is a worker Mm-hmm. according to Marx right. and Engels' uh, description, right. who is a worker. And then they said, would you please, we have to up, uh, create communist terror mm. in Hungary. You collect the priest, the manager, and the teacher, and we're going to hang him mm. on Friday. Wow. So... When the communists came, they didn't, uh, uh, in the same time, my grandfather said to little Joe, who was my father at that time, six years old, hmm. he said, little Joe, Joe, run to the teacher and, and to the priest and, and tell them to run away. And, and run away, go up to the hills, which they did. So when the communists came, uh, where are the, uh, the subjects, we, we're going to hang them. 1920 or when was it? 1819. Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, so what happened is that uh, the communists couldn't find the uh, teachers, arrested my father, and then uh, put him in jail. Who was just a kid. Your father was just a kid. No, uh, my grandfather. Oh, your grandfather. Grandfather. And then he will be executed on the weekend. By that time, and, and at the same time, the Whites came back on, under Admiral Holt leadership. And then they tried to defeat the communists in Hungary, and they did. And then uh, they went to the village as well. My grandfather uh, has, had a cemetery. And then uh, the communists wrote down everything. They said that the, the commissar in, in Arpash was the name of that village, is uh, Joe Chismazio. Hmm. Well, where is Joe Chismazio? He's a commis- commissar. We're going to arrest him mm-hmm. right now. Well, we couldn't find him. He was in jail. Hmm. Oh, he was in jail because uh, he was bad anyway, whatever. So they went into the jail and started to... They, they, in- inter- they, interrogate. They, they uh, tr- tr- tried to... Uh, Find out what, what, what you, why are you a communist, etc. He said, I'm not communist. I was, I was forced to take the job. He said, no, 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 you are a communist, etc. And then they broke his hand in the same time. Hmm. Because they were brutally yeah. tortured, him, right? tortured him. In the same time, my father, Lily Joe, yeah. looked through the window and saw that his father now is Tortured by not the communists, but the whites. By the Hortis. By the Horti people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so by that, uh, he ran back, uh, ran to the teacher and the priest who by this time came back from the hills and the right away ran to the um, jail. And he said, we don't do his hours and then he saved our life, etc. Never believed him. 
he had the option leave Hungary immediately either to the Soviet Union mm -hmm. or Canada mm. because Canada took uh, semi-communist people mm. because the woodworkers of America were very communistic mm. very, very strong which I later on found out myself I have to go something about talking about your book now Right. You mentioned that at one point you were running to the uh, secret police of the Romanian right. communist secret, secret system right. and I wanted to make you an agent right. uh, 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 working with them. Well, by that time, after the university, I was working on my master's uh, degree and, that, and then in the summertime or winter time, I always skied, mm -hmm. ski championships, and I usually won the races in the city championships. Uh, one day, a, uh, a young man came, and he said, Hi, Cheesy, my name, which I was called in high school, all the other, by all the uh, mates, he says, I want to talk to you. You have to help me. I just came back from the Soviet Union. I was in prison camp for four years. Mm -hmm. And I said, how old are you? He was just one year older than I am. Mm -hmm. What happens is that when the Russians had the tens of thousands of, uh, of prisoners driven like sheep or, mm -hmm. or, or cattle to the railroad stations, right. some very smart ones sneaked into, jumped into the ravines or and, and disappeared. Right. And the Russians counted that that had so many have to have. Mm -hmm. When they did have it, they just grabbed whoever was on the street. Yeah. And this poor boy was grabbed as well. Mm. One year older than I am. Mm. And it says, my father and mother died during the uh, bombardments, but I have an aunt in Switzerland. I want to go to my aunt, and you have to help me. He said, he said, how can I help you? He said, I know that you have a hot arm, which I had because by that time I was in research uh, right. engineer. So let me just translate. So that is, uh, if you are close to the border, close to the border of uh, to Austria, then uh, you had a special permit to approach the border because Joe, because he was in forestry, he, he could get that permit. And so this guy, the uh, Kovac Pista, what is Kovac Pista. Kovac, Kovac Pista, this guy that came to Joe to ask him to help him to get to Switzerland, he said, well, you do have this paper that allows you to get close to the border, so help me out. But of course the border was uh, uh, between two uh, razor wire fence, and inside there were... Uh, explosive right. uh, landmines. Landmines. It's very difficult to do it in, in summertime. But in wintertime, the snow covered it, and you could ski through. Oh, wow. And this guy knew that I know how to ski. Hmm. And and I, I said to him, he said, look, Pista. Because the pressure on the ski is not that high, right? So well, not, the, 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 the snow in some places was eight feet high. Oh, wow. And the fence wow. was only... Five feet, six oh, feet. So you, you, know. 
you know, also the all the explosives, the mines were covered with the snow. Hmm. And then I said to the city, good, learn how to ski, go back to Budapest, which he came from, hmm. uh, the, some office. He had a, uh, a fake paper, by the way, hmm. to even come, come to that uh, 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 winter place. Right. He next November came to Sopron. And I said, we have no snow yet. What are, you cannot, please, here is 100 foreign. Go back to Budapest and come back when we have snow in February. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm going right now. And he said, you cannot go through. There is, everything is closed down. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Believe you, you can. Make the long story short, on two days after this happening, at four o'clock in the morning, they broke the door down in the kitchen because I was, we had only one kitchen and one room, and and I woke up with a machine gun in my mouth. Mm-hmm. You 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 got them this and that and this and they said what what are you guys talking about? I'm a postgraduate student. Leave me alone. Mistake. No no they whatever. What happened? They caught the poor guy while trying to cross pushed on, gave him the injection mm-hmm. and he bubbled what he did in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. and mentioned that George is Mazia but everybody knew me in a small shop room, not, not very big mm-hmm. who is George is Mazia uh, the, the police instantly knew who I was they, they shot him dead, mm-hmm. the poor guy only, uh, only reason because they arrested me and put me into jail and I was one of the most horrific experiences in my life, among many other things. So you were like 22, 23? And that was about 24. 24 years. I, I was given a room, a, a bed, and, and, and nothing else, no cover. And it was uh, in uh, cold. Mm-hmm. The uh, jail in a about 30 kilometers uh, uh, east of Chopron, place called Chorno, and I witnessed the tr- tremendous, unbelievable, hard to describe tragedies what went through in that jail. I couldn't see it because I couldn't, there was no window, but I could hear the yelling and the shrieking and, and in various languages. They were torturing people? Yeah. So they, uh, in, in every couple of hours, they took me uh, to an office where uh, they tried to uh, persuade me that I was a helper of that person yeah. whose name is uh, Pishta. Yeah. The reason I recognized because they showed his trench coat hmm. at and the trench coat had bullet marks across here. And then the officer said, do you know this coat? Hmm. And I said, well, I, I, I saw that coat. Uh, it was worn by my friend. Because I, I didn't say, I, I, I confessed that I talked to this guy. Mm-hmm. But we never talked about going through the, you know, the, you know what I'm saying. He right. was just a visitor to me. Right. Same high school uh, whatever. 
but I never believed it. Anyway, I went to my office, they took out my books and correspondence and everything, and eventually they came back to me again, and they talked to me somewhat reduced tone. And then, then uh, finally they said, said Chismosia, you're going to end up in Siberia, minimum 10 years. But we give you a chance. If you, we know that at the university, there are people who don't like us communists. If you occasionally give us a report, who, who are those people? And then I said, stop right there. I'm going to be a scientist. I am not trained to be a spy. Oh, you are not a spy. You are doing your civic duty. Uh, the communist, uh, uh, yeah, good patriot, a good communist, and everything. You know, really talking. So anyway, makes the long story short, because that went on for days and days. I lost. I don't know how many days I was in there. I had no idea because I didn't know it was day. I never saw this daylight. Always on the ground tunnels and everything. Finally, they came an office, and that guy had a nice uniform and everything, clean, and they said, he says, I think I can call you Tovarish, mm. Elftarsh. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 we are not quite sure that you are a good communist or not, but you, are, you came from a working family, and we trust the workers, mm. and then we give you a chance. We really don't want you to be a, a spy, but if you he hear anything, somebody is speaking against the communist system or, or against the uh, uh, act or, or talking about that he's working for the, uh, the American uh, uh, gangsters, then occasionally could report to us. Mm -hmm. And, I, and then I said, no, I'm not going to do it. He said, oh, no, 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 you, you don't have to come to us. Occasionally, you're going to meet one of our men on the street, right. and you can discuss it. Well, this was in 1940, 50. uh, uh, 54, 55. Right. And then, by that time, I finished my dissertation, everything uh, uh, in my uh, in studies. In forestry? In, in forestry. Mm -hmm. But in Hungary, as, as, I don't call it master degree, it's, it's between PhD and, and, and it's a higher degree. You have to go to a foreign country to do some research, mm -hmm. visit laboratories on the same field you were, right. uh, what you were studying. You can go to the communist countries, Russia, uh, uh, Slovakia, uh, uh, Czechoslovakia at that time, Poland. Uh, uh, Poland. He said, I'm going to Poland, because the Poles and the Hungarians never fought each right. other. And they have good mountains. Yeah, and, and the Zakopane. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he was said so. You know. Well, anyway, so I, on the very same day, Suddenly I got the passport and everything, and, and it was the I had a little bit of suspicion that nobody was helping to get anywhere, even to communist countries, right. and suddenly I was, I had the passport, mm -hmm. which was very difficult to get, so I got the connection, right. you know, so I said, all right, I'm going to escape to the West, 
And then there is a big lake in Sopron, uh, north, it's called Sferto in Hungarian, and then it's a part of it is uh, belong to Austria as well, Nazil Zee, they call it. And, and in wintertime it used to freeze up, and they said, and along the shores there were vineyards, mm-hmm. and then one of my friends had a nice vineyard with a little shack in it. So I moved um, food, uh, about 15, I can't remember, 18 American dollars I had, hmm. bought it on the black market, you know, and I hid it under that, uh, 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 that winter when the, when the, uh, yeah, the, the, ice the, the ice is firm enough, yeah. I'm going to skate to Austria. Skate or ski? Skate. And so I was ready to, to leave Hungary, because I, I knew that I can. In the same time, the revolution broke out hmm. on the very first day, October 26th. Uh, that was in 1956. And I was sitting, uh, I was taking a plane at 12 o'clock from Budapest to Warsaw. And then a soldier who, who had the blue decoration on his cap showing that he's a secret police guy, mm-hmm. showed me 12 points printed what the... Uh, Revolutionary students wanted uh, uh, speaking other languages, study uh, more, this, uh, better payment for workers, etc., etc. Twelve points. The demands. Uh, the demands. Yes, I was right at the airport. Uh, you In know, Budapest. Uh, Budapest. Yeah. Mm. You know what I did with that paper? I I, I, I ran, ran up to the weight, which is the DC three tail dragger. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, waiting there, and run to the toilet and flushed it, hmm. because I thought they didn't trust anything that they're going to find that people with me, they're going to arrest me, and never go to anywhere. So I, I and finally they said uh, aboard, mm-hmm. and then I flew over the Carpathian Mountains and landed in in, in Warsaw. Mm-hmm. You flew just on the day of revolution, or when did you fly? Yeah, the, the, the revolution started at 6 o'clock in the evening, and I flew away at 12 o'clock on the same day. Same day. Right. So I have nothing to do with the Hungarian so revolution. You just missed it by a few hours. Uh, six hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I picked up the phone, and they said, my name is George Izmazi again, because I did not trust anything. I thought that probably could be a... a a sham by right. the uh, by the uh, Polish communists right. because the Poland was still under Gomułka was still uh, still under communism right. but I hated it and I, I said I'm George Mazios I was born in Sopron and then I understand that my university is right in Ferienhor somewhere and then uh, and the other side the person of the policeman says okay, you can talk to him right now. Mm-hmm. And then I started again. My name is George Izmazia. He says, I know. My name is George Izmazia too. I am your father. Oh, wow. 200,000 crazy Hungarians running down at 3 o'clock in the morning by a lark. Hmm. I get the phone, pick it up, and going to talk to my own father. Wow. 
So your father went with the students to... Well, I will come to that. But his picture here somewhere. Uh, what happened is that my, my father found out that the university is in Austria and then uh, Americans not going to help because by that time it was weeks and weeks passed. Right. Uh, he sneaked back to Hungary again because it was closed again. So by where, the was, where was your father? He also escaped. Oh, he escaped. He, uh, uh, escaped. To Austria, then he came yeah. back. And then... Then he wanted to pick up my brother, hmm. who was a mining engineer. Hmm. And the mining engineering, uh, they, they fought underneath the mines. You know, when the right. Russians didn't go after them. Right. They made a couple shots here and down the mines. Hmm. They went to my mother, Chopron, because Chopron is on the border, very right. close. And they said, I will not leave the place because Joe loses everything. You know, my clothing, my papers, I had a brand new motorbike, etc. Uh, I wait for Joe. And I said, and then my father said, he said, Rosa may be able to go to Canada and see my father. Maybe, maybe. I said to, he said, Father, where is my brother? I said, is with me, with me. Uh, where is my mother waiting for you in Chopron? Mm. And I said, Father, you know what I'm going to do. And he said, I know. Mm. You know that right. I'm not going to go back to right. Chopron either. Right. You know, but it, I didn't say that. Right. But, you know, we had communicated. His health was not good. Very, very poor health. I didn't oh, know well. that. So anyway, uh, at, at that time there was no communication, uh, whatever. In the same time, I was working for a... Uh, British firm. Uh, one second, so your, uh, your colleagues, the Chopron University colleagues, they were holding the holding the university against the Russians and they were shooting them and you said they ran out of ammunition? Yeah, they, they, right, they, we packed up everything and, and they, walked over the border. Right, right. So the border was right near the university or? We, one kilometer around uh, the whole city, one kilometer. And all the students just you know, probably had gra grenades or machine guns and shot the uh, mines. mines. Uh, they, they told me all kinds of things, but it, it, it's hard for you to understand, even to believe right. how they escape people. Never right. they, they escape. Eventually, in, in, in Warsaw, we had a guy delegated to us as a lead, uh, 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 not a leader, but an escort. Like a chaperone. Chaperone. Right. But the chaperone could have been a communist, could have been anybody. Right. But he wasn't. He was, uh, he, his name was George, by the way. What happened is that we were living in, in Warsaw, okay? Mm -hmm. And then Warsaw is is a center of Poland. Uh, the, the Baltic Sea is the north uh, and, the, and the southern part is Zakopane, right. uh, the Czechoslovakian border. Right. Now from here, we, we went to various embassies in Warsaw for get a visa to get out. To but the, to the Austrian embassy, right? The, the, the Austrians wouldn't talk to us right. because said, no, we said you are in, in where you are, you are safe. We can't take another Hungarian. Right. They, they also they were worried about a little bit, you right. know, about the Russians. Right. But we said well, we could go to the uh, Swiss, right. 
secret police guy walking back and forth with the blue. He goes back and forth. George at that time, we still didn't know 100% that he's on our side or not. He goes to this uh, 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 soldier and talks to him in Polish, which he couldn't understand one word of it. You know, and, and he had a big, big phone about that big. And he was talking like that, this and that. My friend, uh, he said, Joe, Siberia, Siberia. He said, he's talking to a captain or whoever and never right. be taken away. In no time, here comes the Povieda, a, a Russian car, a station wagon. Mm -hmm. And then the, the guy with the big phone puts the phone inside and had a very meager bag. He picks up my bag and puts it in the trunk of the uh, of, of Obieda. And then close it, close it and, and the last time we saw that guy, and then with George, and then as we were driving to the city, we looked out, whatever, and then stopped somewhere, and there were big letters at, at the at property of the, of the uh, Swedish kingdom. Hmm. In, in, in Swedish, in, in English, you know, and by that time, of course, I, I studied English as well as much as I could, and it was very close to German anyway, at that time. And right away, the, uh, the consul comes out, he said, come in quick. So we went inside, and we were now safe in, in Sweden, you know, although it's still Dansk, you know. Yeah. Well, he said, the, the the harbor is a military place, mm -hmm. and then now the military is very aware of the problem in Hungary. They made the Russians made a circle around the harbor. Mm -hmm. The Poles circle the uh, the Russians, mm -hmm. and then another circle. And now the Swedish driver uh, chauffeur mm -hmm. was driving in and out of the harbor, wait for the. Uh, post uh, right. uh, 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 to come in, post right. ship. And every time he went through, the gate came up and the guy gave him butter, chocolate, right. put it back, you know, the Russians and right. uh, Poles. And he did it four or five times. And the consul said, now you guys go. Make it sure we, we already put uh, uh, the in the windows and they stay very low. So we went through all these uh, uh, gates, opened up, <laughs> just, and just went through. <laughs> because they thought they, you know, they're waiting for the, uh, the consul is waiting for the post, right. you know. So when we got there, you, you know, Hitchcock's uh, right. stories, now picture this, concrete everywhere. When uh, the submarines could go here and there, and then no, no sign of the, a small a Swedish boat yet, and then everything concrete, and suddenly he, here comes a whole load full of Polish officers. Mm. In the same time, we had already had the consul staying with us, mm. so we were three of us. Mm. And then he talked to the consul, consul spoke fluent uh, Polish. Polish, as, as they were talking about like this, and we didn't know what was going to happen to us, a snow started to come down, it's November uh, 28th or something, um, and then here comes a small boat, he said, that boat is not my, 100 feet long, mm -hmm. dot, pot, 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 
and goes exactly when we were dropped down the uh, walkways, drunk soldiers, you know, this and that. As we were standing there, we still didn't know what to do, what's going to happen. Uh, the, the captain of the boat comes and talks in Polish to the, uh, the, the, the guard, the, the guard. captain or whatever was his rank, and, and invited him to the boat. Hmm. And he went up there and came back his bulging his pockets. Right. He picks up everything. Uh, he took my uh, license, uh, passport away. Had it in the pocket, and then he picked up my meager possession, the briefcase and a small coffer, and he carried it up on the ramps, came down, and then reaches over his pocket and gives back to my passport, and, and he said, "Bon voyage," <laughs> in French. <laughs> and that's the last time I ever saw. Uh, that, that you know, communists or whatever. Anyway, um, it did not take too long to unload the boat, less than half an hour, and then we just walked up on the uh, mm. on the on the planks, and then we were already in Swedish territory. I got to the uh, outside of the uh, deck on 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 the small boat, mm. sitting up there, and then said an Ave Maria in 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 Latin. Mm. Uh, thanks. God, I am leaving this goddamn communist nonsense behind, finally. This was an abridged version of the interview, focusing on aspects most topical for this podcast, but Joe shared many other hilarious stories, odd experiences, and impressive accomplishments after his emigration in the two-plus-hour full interview. You can find a link to the full interview on GUC's YouTube channel, as well as a link to his memoir, I Tried, in the show notes at storiesofcommunism.com. And this has been your story of communism for today.